Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Creative Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined uh, by Pat Corain, now of NBC Sports Edge, the man, yeah. full, full-time fantasy sports grinder now. And uh, yeah, I mean, first off, what's it, what's it like being a, a full-time nerd? You, has your girlfriend left you? Did you have to move back into your mom's basement? How is that transition going? I mean, people probably already can figure this out, but it's like the worst time is like right before you get hired full time because you're doing all of the stuff that you would be doing full time for the most part, but you're also working another job. So I think that uh, that Brittany not leaving me through last football season was a real testament. And uh, this football season will be even crazier because I'll be uh, doing even more content, but uh, there's always going to be the off season to look forward to where I'm also then not working a, a busy job. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. So, uh, I, as people have probably noticed, I haven't done this show, I think in like three weeks or so was not particularly intentional. We will be, we will be back grinding it. Crane will be on the show. Uh, we'll do, we'll do one with Pete and then, you know, Reeves and everyone will be on the show, but, uh, life just got hectic for me. Work was, uh, you know, my, my real job for sports grid, you know, this, this fantasy football podcast, this is, this is extra, this is something extra we do. So, we're, we're back to the grindstone and the, the place that we had to start, of course, was, was where our heart lies, which is with zero running back candidates, because last year was a great year for zero running back. All of our teams did well. Uh, I had a team finish in the top 50 in the main event. You guys had a team finish, I think like 18th in the main event. Gretch had a team that did really well. Like it just, it was, it was a great year in best ball. Like it was 20. 20 really was the year of zero running back. And we knew it going into, I mean, we literally knew uh, we were doing all these shows heading in. We were like, look, zero running back is going to crush. It did crush James Robinson. Obviously was a huge part of it. Um, but yeah, it just, it Miles was Gaskin. Yeah, Miles Gaskin. And then, I mean, there were so many guys in the back half of the season, right. Who, who filled in the Carolina guys, Mike Davis was a big one. I mean, there just, there were so many guys. It's not going to be that good this year. It's not going to break that perfectly this year I don't think no I don't think so and I think the wide receiver scoring was really nice um so everything kind of hit the way you want it you want it to hit the the thing that's similar about last year is the setup though we're heading into last year like we weren't predicting like wide receiver scoring is going to be really nice and high running back scoring is going to be like not that great and then there's gonna be lots of options like we don't know that stuff but what we did know was that ADPs were historically high for running backs, that ADPs had been historically high for running backs the previous year and running backs had hit. It was a really, really strong year. Um, the previous year for running backs in the dead zone and stuff that doesn't normally happen with running backs staying healthy, et cetera. So people were overly confident heading into last year with the running back ADP and they were underwhelmed by the wide receivers. So that all set up for it to be a really strong year, plus all of some uncertainty around the season. Um, so we were kind of, we had some wind behind us a little bit last year. But the thing that's sort of interesting is that you would expect after last year that the ADPs would reflect, you know, the most recent results. And if anything, they, they really See, it's the opposite. Like, it's the opposite. Yeah. The, the, the quote unquote guaranteed touches guys are getting way pushed up. Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson, um, I, I think some of the most egregious ones are like, look, I, I love Miles Gaskin, but the, the same air of uncertainty that existed for him last year exists this year in Miami. Javante Williams, uh, Trey Sermon, Trey Sermon's ADP. It's like, I, I can't possibly understand. Um, just just makes no sense. Yeah. And then how about, how about James Robinson still going as the RB33 after ETN goes in the first round? Um, Fournette being drafted very high Damian Harris being drafted super high like I, I don't know it just it feels it feels like the running back dead zone is as dead as ever it does yeah it, it does there's some guys in there that I think are are interesting I mean I'm a I'm a Gibson fan although he's not really in the dead zone there's sort of this pre-dead zone right. group of like Mixon Gibson CH uh, Swift is now getting into the dead zone I think he's probably the one guy who's interesting um, Jack Miller just wrote about this, but see, I'm, I'm off, I'm off of Swift. You're off Swift. I'm, I'm off of Swift because pretty much every time you are on the clock and you are, you're going to say, okay, I can either take Swift or I can take Clyde Edwards Hilaire. 
And it's so obvious to me that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the better selection. Like it's, it's, it is night and day to me that like CEH is pretty clearly a guy who doesn't even have to be good and can finish as like the running back four in fantasy. Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire can average 4.1 yards per carry and, and not really look phenomenal and just sleepwalk his way into good fantasy numbers. Yeah, that's right. CEH doesn't have to be good. He just doesn't have, he just can't be bad. He's bad. It's bad. But if he's okay, it could he's be gotta really be, good. He's got to be. He's got to perform marginally better than Daryl Williams. And if he performs marginally better than Daryl Williams, they're going to give him more playing time. Because there were uh, at the start of the season, they started out playing him, you know, 65, 70% of the time. Then Daryl started playing more because Clyde sucks. Like, I, I, I need people to be clear. Like, I don't think Clyde is very good. And I think had the Chiefs taken Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, whoever. It would have yeah, DeAndre Swift's definitely better at football than way CH. better. Yeah. But yeah. it's just and and the the thing with the Chiefs is they don't have anybody. They have Travis Kelsey, they have Tyreek Hill, and they have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And then it's like Hardman, Jamarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Blake. Like they don't have any other players to take those touches away. Like there's no one else out there who's demanding touch. And I guess the the one wrinkle is if Jarek McKinnon like went to Germany and got the blood, the blood spinning treatment and his, his legs are healthy, but I just don't see it. I mean, he literally was getting rested last year with dead legs. <laughs> with dead legs. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. I think that, you know, with CEH, I mean, assuming, you know, a lot of running back targets are going to be kind of check down targets. This is a perfect offense to be in. If you're, if you're the check down guy, because, like you're saying, there's not really those secondary options. Guys like Watkins, you know, guys who are kind of maybe going to be the second read or the third read and open aren't maybe going to be open as much. So, you know, unless Hardman takes a big step in his development in route running, et cetera, but there should be a lot of, of even if he does, as well as design screens and stuff. Even if, even if Hardman plays to the best expectations of the team, he's not a check down guy. He's the, he's the nine route guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's not an underneath yeah. guy. So anyways, the, the dead zone remains dead. And maybe that'll be a different podcast. Like guys, we actually will draft in the dead zone. Cause again, you, it is. So a couple of things can be true. The first thing can be true is that taking running backs in the dead zone is bad. And then the second thing can be true, which is finding running back points outside of the first two rounds is very hard. And sometimes a guy, and, and also guys, can I don't be, think it's that hard. I mean, not week to week. If, if, it, so, if we're talking best ball, that's sure. the difference. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that the point I was going to make is big difference between strategy in what I would do drafting in the best ball championships versus what I'm going to be doing in the main event. Like I, I would never take Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, David Montgomery. I just would not take those guys in that format. They, they are completely losing value propositions, but just grinding out 13 and a half PPR points per game, not getting hurt you know, playing 17 games, that's going to be valuable in that format. So I, I will take the running back dead zone guys in best ball, but I'm, I'm not doing it in, you know, weekly management leagues. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid it generally in best ball too. And I'm more willing to take guys that I don't love early in the draft, you know, on like kind of the one, two turn, like on, in a main event, I would not want to start um, the one, two turn with like, you know, acres mixing or something, but I think I would do that. Um, well, you take, you take, you take acres and Kittle and then you, you start counting your money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think there's something to that where you're like, well, I'll reach a little bit for acres or not even reach, but just like make a a pick that I think is suboptimal in going with the running back. But then I'm going to be able to make much more optimal picks through the entire, entire dead zone and and skip all of those running backs and feel pretty good about it. I think that's how I want to play this more than trying to pick off these guys. Cause there's just like, I guess you could kind of talk yourself into Chris Carson or like, Oh, I've but, been, you know, I've been it, talking it myself. Tough. I've been talking myself into Chris Carson for these best ball leagues. Not again, not a guy I would take in the main event or, you know, whatever, yeah. but I've been talking myself into Carson. Cause you know, he's going to have at least one crazy spike week, like, you know, three touchdowns for, you know, whatever, like that's just happening. And there, there truly is, there's not even a Carlos Hyde on the roster this year. It's, it's all the guys we know they hate, right? They turned down Rashad Penny's option. DJ Dallas, like has gotten benched. Like what they, they signed 
Alex Collins, who hadn't played since 2019, and were giving him carries. They were giving Bo yeah. Scarborough carries, and then he hurt his ankle. Like they do not. They. It's not like last year where you're like, oh, Pete Carroll fucking loves Carlos Hyde. Like obviously he loves Carlos Hyde. Like such a grinder. None of that. Um, like it. Like they're. As long as Carson is healthy, like he is gonna be the dude. Um, but again, you know, I'm not. I'm not in love with him. But in specifically the best ball championships, and even even in the the best ball self-contained leagues, like just the 12 mans, I would not take him. But in the championships, I, I am interested in him. Yeah, I think in for like main event um, managed leagues, I think the only two guys through the dead zone that I would take, um, I, I would consider Swift if he's fallen into, um, you know, the mid-late third, but yeah. I don't C- love it. CH for me clearly over him. CH, yeah, I agree. But I don't, he's generally like going at the very end of the second. Um but, but I, I do agree. I would take him over Swift. And then ETN and, and Javante Williams would be the two guys. If ETN falls to the, to yeah, the fifth. ETN, ETN. And uh, Javante Williams, his ADP right now is in the sixth, uh, the very beginning of the sixth. So that's, uh, that's pretty interesting just because both those guys have really big ceilings and their ceilings may hit, you know, towards the back half of the season into the fantasy playoffs. And so for those zero running back teams, where you're kind of getting through the early weeks and then you can plug in a, an emerging guy like we saw last last year with a Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. You know, Cam Akers came on a little bit too late, but like that type of guy uh, is pretty enticing. And Swift, or uh, sorry, Williams isn't that expensive. The FFPC, like the feel of him, he feels like a guy who will eventually be going in the early fifth. ETN feels like a guy who could sneak into like the late third. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about them? Do you think they're eventually going to get more expensive? It, it'll just completely depend on coach speak. Like the reason yeah. why, the reason why ETN is cheap right now is urban Myers like, Oh, we're playing him at wide receiver. Uh, and then if they come into actual training camp and they're, Oh, and that, what was that other quote? We view ETN as the third down back and we're going to play James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. Like, it's all, it's all, he's being pushed down based off of that. But the second that Urban Meyer starts saying, oh, we love him on all three downs. We want him out there every play. He looks great. Trevor loves him. Like, it's, it's just very obvious how this is going to play out with ETN. Like, extremely obvious. Um, and then the, the other guy who's interesting to me, this is the cheapest Josh Jacobs has been in his career. But he, he was better last season. 12 touchdowns, like 1,300 yards. Was not used at all as a pass catcher after that Carolina Panthers game. Remember yeah. remember the, the victory lappers were like, oh, dude, <laughs> yeah, Josh dude. Jacobs in the second round. You, you better have <laughs> taken him. And then he, he, he didn't catch any passes after that. But uh, I, I don't really view Kenyon Drake as that materially different at this stage in his career than Devontae Booker. Like, Drake does not have any juice left. Like he was just, he was downright bad for the Cardinals last season. He had what, he had that one game with like 175 yards and two touchdowns. Right. Um, And then, but that was really it. Like he really was not good. I, and I know they paid him, but like, I just, I feel like Jacobs is just going to have the same season he's had. He's going to get 220 carries. He's going to see, he's going to catch, you know, 25 passes, like not a ton. And he'll, he'll just be fine. Like, I don't think he's got much ceiling because they're going to play Drake regardless. Yeah, but that's the thing with like these running backs is that the only way they interest me is if I can see them having like a true a, a ceiling, a true ceiling, like, you know, getting up into the 18, 19, 20 points per game, maybe not for the whole season. Like I, I'd rather sacrifice, you know, maybe weeks one through six to get a guy who starts emerging midseason as like an elite guy that you're super happy to plug into your starting lineup rather than a guy like Jacobs, who's going to be kind of a middling option for the entire season. And you're giving up a lot of opportunity at wide receiver when you select him. So I think he's just a, an avoid for the main event. And their schedule is is brutal. Uh, they open with the Seahawks, Rams, 49ers, and Ravens. Uh, they have one of the hardest schedules in the league. Uh, I just I, – they play the the Chiefs twice down the stretch, obviously. But it's, it's not a great um, – schedule for right. a a running back who's going to be pretty game script dependent so yeah all right well let's uh let's get into it guys going after pick 100 in ffpc adp right now and you know who the very first running back <laughs> after pick 100 is oh please please eliminate me one one mr <laughs> ronald jones i i gotta say 
what the hell, man? Like, what are we, are we really doing? Is this going to be the third year in a row that Ronald Jones has a thousand yards and is drafted outside of the top 100 picks? Like, like seriously, what, what are we doing? What we, we really are we're taking Fournette ahead of him. This is, this is why I keep getting sucked in. Like every year I even, I, I like message the ship chasing discord, like guys, it's okay. Like early in the off season, like it's okay. If you want to take Leonard Fournette, like, I don't mind that. Like, Ronald Jones, don't bother drafting right now because his ADP is going to fall. It's going to get ridiculous, and we're going to be able to get him super cheap later because that always happens. And here we are. He's going outside the top 100 picks. Like, he's always so cheap. And the Gio Bernard stuff, I think that hurts Fournette a lot more than Jones. I mean, Jones was boxed out of third down work regardless like Keyshawn remember that remember that game when Fournette was out and they played Kenyon Barner on third downs instead of him yeah so it doesn't matter who they signed to be the passing down back if if best James James White could get James White could get traded tomorrow and my projection for Ronald Jones would not change not one bit yeah he's completely it's irrelevant to him so it just comes down to the touchdowns are they going to use him at the goal line and I, I don't think he'll be exclusive use of the goal line that Fournette will be involved there for sure and that'll hurt but it's getting to the point where, you know, if you need some weeks out of Ronald Jones, you're going to get some weeks. If you're starting him for a few weeks throughout the season, you're going to feel okay about it. And he's, he's to the point where you're not giving up that much in terms of wide receiver opportunity once we get this low. So, yeah, I think he's definitely in play. I would say he's not maybe the best option of the guys in this this range i think james connor is probably a better no, connor pick. connor is that connor or aj Dillon is the yeah. best in this range yeah connor has something i mean for jones like we just mentioned he's never going to catch passes now so connor has connor could just way more be in Kenyon. i mean connor could just be in Kenyon drake's role from last year and they keep edmonds doing exactly what he's been doing yeah exactly and i think connor has more upside as a pass catcher than what drake showed last year so i mean drake's never really been a pass catcher he's kind of a weird running back well he was in college which is very bizarre yeah i guess these guys these alabama guys they come into the pros and no one throws to them anymore it's the josh jacobs syndrome but yeah i like aj Dillon too um i don't think he though has quite the ceiling of connor because connor has that ambiguous backfield thing going for him which tends to be where we get our biggest hits well i mean i guess it depends on if you think aj Dillon can play the Jamal Williams role. Like if you just think, which I think he can. And, and, you know, I mean, people love Aaron Jones, but if you go look at Aaron Jones's snaps played in each of the last two years where he's been a running back one, dude, he, he does not play that much when Jamal Williams is healthy and Jamal Williams was banged up last year. So Jones got some games with, you know, like uh, what against, against the, the Panthers, 90% snap share, but then, Games of 50%, 54%, 48%, 43%. Like, Jamal Williams would just play half the snaps in some of these games. And the the thing that I like about Dylan is maybe it's maybe you don't call it an ambiguous backfield, but I would say ambiguous roles. Because remember, the complaint with Aaron Jones the first two years of his career was, oh my gosh, he's so much better than Jamal Williams. They, they won't play him more. Why won't they play him more? I mean, coaches are weird. Like, why, why can't Aaron Jones play... 44% of the snaps and then, you know, 38% of the snaps go to AJ Dillon, but AJ Dillon's getting all the goal line carries. Cause he's a gigantic colossal human being. And I, I think there's upside. I think there's upside with Dillon just cause he seems like a, like a disgustingly good athlete. Yeah, th- that's fair. I guess I have a hard time seeing him the play the Jamal Williams role, but I could see him playing like a Latavius Murray role to yes. a Jones Camara role. Um, I think Jones, I mean, this opens up a lot for him where I just Jamal Williams is a very capable pass catcher. And that yeah, is I mean, the, the winner of this, so. the winner of this could be Aaron Jones and I could be wrong. And Aaron Jones could play 70% of the snaps and be the RB two in fantasy. But, and then I guess also the other thing is it seems like maybe Aaron Rodgers is not going to be the quarterback well, of the Packers, yeah. <laughs> in which case you don't want You don't want AJ Dillon at all. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's the type of ambiguity that we do not want. We do not want Jordan yeah, Love that's, ambiguity. That's bad ambiguity. <laughs> yeah. Um, Naheem Hines for the fourth year in a row. Just like yep. classic fourth running Book back it. you take him. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's nothing interesting to say about him. <laughs> you know exactly what he's going to do. I mean, I, I guess maybe it could be argued that Wentz is less of a, a check down artist than Phillip Rivers. And Rivers has historically been very good for running backs like Naheem Hines. 
right? Melvin Gordon, yeah. uh, Austin Eckler, et cetera, et cetera. But Hines is the same value proposition he's always been. Agreed. Yeah. And I think, um, can, uh, sorry, Gus Edwards is right in this range. I like him a lot. I, I um, only want him in best ball. I don't, I don't want him in the PC. Yeah. Because I, I, I I'm think, just not going to guess on the weeks he scores two touchdowns. I think if you're going like a full zero running back build, sure. You can, if he's you your second definitely. running back and a, and a full yeah. on zero RB team. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, I will say like looking at this ADP, Tony Pollard's at 109 and this is clearly, you know, being, being, um, adjusted based on the best ball right so all these quarterbacks and stuff going so just having played the main event for a long time like i know that tony pollard is probably going to be like a seventh or eighth round pick by the time we get into september in these main event drafts so i would say you know this is a good time of year to go zero running back when main events start up Uh, they don't start up until another month or so but it's kind of nice when the ADP is a little softer. Some of these running backs are going later. They're eventually just going to get pushed up and up and up. Gets to the point in September where you're almost better off just going running back, running back, and then forgetting about running backs for like 10 rounds and then coming back and just scooping some of the, the dart throws. But um, I think with Pollard, he's going to get moved up. I think Connor will probably be too expensive later on. So we're going to be looking at some of these later round guys. Daryl Henderson is a guy that to me feels every like the draft. cheap version of, of every, every yeah. draft. Yeah. It's perfect. I, I really hope he doesn't get steamed, but also he's definitely going to get steamed because every single person is going to be, he's going to be an like, eighth round pick in August. Yeah. We're going to talk about him nonstop. We're going to ruin yeah, But it. what, if I, if I was doing a written version of this and I might schedule depending, um, like if I did like, you know, basically just copied Sean and did the zero running back list, Henderson would be number one. Uh, he would, he would be the number one guy for me. And normally the number one guy is a rookie running back going in the, like the fourth or fifth. So, you know, ETN would be the comparable. It was Dobbins last year. Um, but yeah, it is cl- Henderson's clearly the best because Malcolm Brown is gone. They didn't play acres on third downs at all last year. And I mean, maybe acres gets 300 touches, but maybe he gets more like 225. you know, and, and Henderson is going to soak up all that because the other guys are like Xavier Jones. Um, and then the guy they've had on their roster forever. I don't, I don't remember his name. He's literally been on the roster for so long. The, the fourth string guy. I forget who it is. I think Calais is on there now. Uh, Raymond Calais. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, he's. I mean, Henderson is everything you want. It's it's almost a uh, a Jamal Williams type of thing where, you know, we're like kind of over this guy being involved. We would like yep. him to sort of move on, but he is very much a part of their plans. He's got another couple years left on his contract. He's gonna probably be in that like Jamal Williams kind of do every do a little bit of everything, but be the clear backup running back. But I think he could be an awesome pick. I mean, he's. Again, I, th- I think it's very similar to Tony Pollard, very similar to what we got out of Jamal Williams. Um, he's going just ahead of Alexander Madison. I'd much rather have him over Alexander Madison. I mean, how many times does Madison have to fail before we just are over it? Yeah, I'm like, over it. Madison, like Pollard has never failed us. Like Pollard has never been on the field and been bad. But every time Cook gets banged up, someone else performs better than Madison. Like it's been Mike Boone in the past. And then now it's going to be this dude that I'm very enamored with. Uh, Kane and Wangwu. Oh like, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like you I'm, are enamored. I'm, Cause no one even tries to pronounce his name. Yeah. No one even, <laughs> no one even knows who that is, but like week seven, Dalvin Cook's shoulder messes up again. Madison is 77% owned on, on DraftKings. Everyone's going to know Kane's name. Like you, yeah. you can just, you can just mark that down. Okay. Big difference between this year and in years past is after Latavius Murray goes at um, running back 47, dude, it just falls off a cliff. Because then you start talking about guys who aren't even locked in, like great handcuff replacements. So Devin Singletary, Zach Moss could rip well, his Achilles. Yeah, sorry, I, I like Devin Singletary. I, I like him too but I do not view him as having any real upside. I view him as having 13 and a half PPR points per game upside. Like I just, I don't think bills running back is that valuable because un, un, so, so like the chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is not rushing for 10 touchdowns. It's never happening. 
Josh Allen could conceivably take all of the available green zone touches and they, they throw a ton, but they don't throw a ton to their running backs. They play a ton of four wide receivers. And I, I think with the signing of Emmanuel Sanders, that signifies that they're going to continue that. And I know Matt Breed is like kind of in that um, he's like in the McKinnon camp of like, it seems like his legs are just done, but I, I don't, it's, a, it's enough to just make me feel weary about Singletary, even if Moss were to get injured. Yeah. I mean, I get that, but he's so cheap now. Like there's not that much difference with him and like a, a Mostert or a Melvin Gordon or like a Leonard yeah. Fournette. Like it's not that different of a play. Even Zach Moss, like I would prefer to have Zach Moss, but I don't feel super strongly about it. Zach Moss is ADP is 104. Devin Singletary down at, at 145, um, uh, 142. But yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's an ambiguous situation where we, we assume Moss is going to be the lead guy, but he had an injury at the end of the year. He wasn't that great as a rookie. Uh, Devin Singletary played pretty well as a rookie. Wasn't that good last year. Neither guy was, but. Well, I, and I think that's what I'm saying though, is I just think this is like not a, a, a fantasy friendly system for running backs basically is kind of my supposition. Well, that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like McKissick, not interested with him with Fitzpatrick, like Fitzpatrick is like the anti McKissick quarterback. Like, we all, we all got enamored with McKissick because of checkdown artist Alex Smith. I, I also, this really pains me to say, cause I loved him. I I'm taking him, but I don't, I, I, I thought Gainwell was going to be a slam dunk. And I, I think of all 32 teams, he might've landed in like the most annoying spot for him to land. I think Boston, so too. Boston Scott's still on the roster. Jordan Howard's still on the roster. This is uh and, and you're no, going to uh, carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson is on. Well, Howard is on the roster too, but carry on Johnson is also there. Oh my God. Um, I forgot about Jordan Howard. But then you, but then you, you, you zoom out even further and you're like, well, shit, Jalen hurts is going to run 11 times a game. So like how many, how many available touches yeah. are there even for a secondary back Jalen hurts again, not a check down artist going to be a lot, going to be a lot of um, third and 11s where Jalen hurts launches the ball 60 yards and Devonta Smith is 10 feet away from where it lands and i love jalen hurts but like i'm just telling you that's gonna be that's yeah. gonna be a thing um, they're talking I'm about more screen passes him. there and i guess you know that could be good but the thing that sucks about carry on johnson being there too is that he was actually a really good pass protector protector yep. last year um so he's probably competition for third down snaps uh miles sanders was pretty good as a rookie as a receiver pretty bad last year but it's just it's I don't know. They're going to use him some as a receiver. It I don't think they'll have like a true receiving play, specialist. Just feels like they're going to play four running backs. It does. Yeah. 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 And you just don't. You he just don't he want kind of has like Wendell Smallwood vibes right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, what a bummer. I, I loved Gainwell, but this it really just was that like you can't. Yeah. It, it was terrible. Um, huge question is. If Chubba Hubbard is just the stone cold backup to McCaffrey, obviously you're not thinking, oh, they're going to carve out a six touch a game role for McCaffrey's backup. Like you're never starting Hubbard with McCaffrey active. But if he is just the straight backup to CMC, that starts to be become pretty interesting. And obviously that's floating his ADP right now. Mike Davis obviously is on the the falcons and they tried out guys at the end of the year as mike davis slowed down they tried out rodney smith they tried out um bonifon so i think he probably is just the clear handcuff i think so but he's not really a pass catcher so it's a little less appealing because you're you're never probably getting that mike davis role would, that's would an extremely said, valuable role so would we have said mike davis was a pass catcher before that though honestly i don't even know but like would we have even said like oh yeah mike davis he's he's a pretty good Pass it's tough guy. because week one with the Bears and Montgomery's rookie year, they used him a fair amount, I believe, as a pass catcher. And then he basically didn't play after that. So mm -hmm. it's like you never really we never really knew like who Mike Davis was. Um, but you he know, did have 34 receptions with Seattle in 2018. OK, so, yeah, but maybe they're just going to use whoever it is more as a pass catcher. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to restructure your offense around. Like, I think, I think you just probably call fewer plays specifically for the running back. Like I would imagine. Yeah. Cause Rodney Smith was used a bit as a pass catcher and I don't believe he's really much of a pass catcher. I mean, he in, was in just like a, like a nothing. Like he just was like, yeah. he was like a Rodney Smith was like a 24 year old rookie. He played at Minnesota for five years. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm probably being a little bit too pessimistic on what Hubbard's or would look like if he, um, if he got in there. So, yeah, I, I think he's fine. He's going after um, Philip Lindsay, Rashad Penny, Tariq Cohen, like as a pure home run upside swing. I, I don't, I, I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I have nothing inspiring to say, but both him and David Johnson are fine bullets. They're fine, but it's like, they're going to be terrible and you're never going to feel good about starting them basically is my thought. Yeah. I wonder if they're more best ball too, just because they, they're eventually going to have some spike reception weeks, but they might kind of mix yeah. up who that is and it's going to be gross. You're probably going to need the touchdown that week, you know? Yeah. Okay. Two guys I am excited about Darrington Evans and Ramondre Stevenson. We were oh, yeah. all excited about Evans last year. He got banged up. They started playing Jeremy McNichols and um, Donta Foreman, who was like, I think had been out of the NFL for like three years with the torn Achilles. And then like somehow he was in the game getting goal line carries for the Titans one week. And it's just completely passed. Because he looks like Derrick Henry when they're both Giant. stationary. Yes. Yeah. He's a, he's a giant man, but then they start moving they, and you realize he's not Derek Henry. Yeah. They've given Evans, uh, we've already gotten a little bit of lip service to him playing, you know, wide receiver. Now, obviously that was, oh yeah, that was before the Julio Jones trade. And before the Julio Jones trade, you're looking at their depth chart. Like, all right, we got Des Fitzpatrick and Josh Reynolds and Chester Rogers. So like, yeah, maybe Darrington Evans is good enough to play wide receiver. Cause they got no juice here. Um, so that was like a, I, I guess that was to me though, just, the team acknowledging like, oh yeah, this guy's still on our roster and we still know that he's on our roster, which with guys like Darrington Evans who get hurt their rookie year, like you might never hear from them again. So it was encouraging to me that the coaching staff even like still knows his name. This wide receiver stuff, the the wide receiver snaps for the running backs this time of year is so funny. I was reading on the athletic. It's never happened before. (laughs) Yeah, it's never happened. They were talking about uh, Dallas, how like Tony Pollard was, was playing wide receiver snaps. And I like read, the actual article and it was just they literally didn't have enough wide receivers there that day and so they were like all right tony you're a wide receiver today like we need yeah it's like oh uh noah Noah brown (laughs) noah brown is staying home today so you got to go play wide receiver yeah and then they're like yeah he's pretty good at it but you know obviously he doesn't play there yeah i mean obviously (laughs) we have uh cd lamb amari cooper and michael gallup so probably probably good on that but like with tennessee i'm literally looking at their depth chart like shit i don't know maybe it makes sense for him to play a wide receiver there (laughs) Yeah, I think these guys who we were excited about, not much has changed, um, you know, and now well, everyone's well, off changed, of them are always pretty decent bets. What changed was McNichols was fine. Like McNichols, he wasn't, he wasn't, yeah. you know, Darren Sproles or anything, but like he, he did a good, like he did a good Dion Lewis impression or whatever. Yeah, but you know, McNichols had a really nice preseason in 2019 and I've always been kind of a McNichols fan. So I, I was paying attention to that. And I thought he'd make the roster and Vrabel like talked about this nice preseason run that he had. He was like, wasn't that great. And then they cut him. (laughs) So I don't think, you know, he's stuck around. They clearly like view him as added depth, but I don't think Evans has to like set the world on fire to pass McNichols. Yeah. I mean, McNichols has been cut by like three teams and yeah, Yeah. it's just, yeah. Um, But then Stevenson I mean, look, that you draft the cheapest Patriots running back. You draft we know the this. cheapest Patriots running back. And and I, I think Michelle is going to get cut. I just, I don't Me think too. he will. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be on the team. So I think you're looking at Damian Harris, um, Stevenson. James and White. then, you know what? I take James White too. James White, James White's going to catch 50 passes. Like he's just going to. And I don't know if he's going to get any of that goal line work that he used to get. But I, I think Stevenson and James White, especially with Burkhead gone, because Burkhead was so sneaky because Belichick would always play him on third downs and in the red zone. Even if, even if the play wasn't for him, they would just play him in the red zone a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's gone. I don't think Damian Harris is a special player whatsoever at all. Like I just like, and, and Belichick, I mean, we we literally know this, like he will just bench guys. It just, they took Sonny Michelle in the first round and he's going to get cut three years later. Like this is just obvious. Damian Harris didn't play at all in 2019. So, like, they're not hyper-committed to him. If he screws up, does something – I mean, he's a third-year player. Like, he could easily do something to piss off Bill Belichick. So Not hard. Yeah, not hard. I, I like I like both those guys. I like Stevenson more because he's been talked up as a receiver. He was second in yards per route run over his career in this running back class behind only Gainwell, second in elusive rating, 
uh, in the class behind Javante Williams ahead of ETN over his career in that metric. So it's like he can do a little bit of everything. He's 231 pounds, could obviously be used around the goal line. So he, he was could be so like a bit of a good in the type. games he played at Oklahoma. He was so yeah. good. It's crazy. Yeah. And he, he tested terribly at the combine, which is not great, but also the he Patriots. He did okay kind in, the, in the three cone. His three cone isn't, isn't bad. Patriots kind of love running backs like that though. Like what Burkhead yeah. ran like a four, seven, two or something. Yeah. And, and Stevenson, I mean, four, six, four, it's, it, it wasn't like super, super gross. His jumps, he had like a 31 and a half inch vert. And it's like, come on, man. It's not, it wasn't great. So the explosiveness um, isn't really there. And, and he's not that type of rusher. He's kind of like one of these, like make you miss with like little, you know, nimble feet type of guys or spin moves and stuff. And people generally like, there's a whole contingent of, of draft Twitter that just hates watching him. But it's like, I, you know, to me, I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, he's probably not going to be like, he's probably going to be a little bit of a frustrating running back. Cause he won't be as powerful as we like for his size, but if he's big enough just to kind of, bulldoze in at the goal line and his running style might mean they use him a little bit more as a receiver so like big like a much bigger version of rex burkhead and that he'll be involved potentially at the goal line and a receiver kind of a a version of legarrett blunt that's a little bit less powerful yep. but that, that's but what I, that's what receiver. i was kind of thinking i was i was kind of i was kind of thinking and then i also got jonas gray four touchdown game vibes from him like he just is going to, he's going to be one of these guys that Belichick just pulls off of the, you know, the, the fifth round running back scrap heap gets 200 touches from him and, and moves on. Like, I just, well, I he's just also a like, fourth round pick and they're clearly moving towards this, this more run heavy style of football. Yep. So they're signaling, like it would not be weird at all for him to have a fairly big role over the course of the year. So yeah, I, he, I really he, like him. He is my most drafted running back so far. And in, in all the drafts I've done, I've taken Stevenson the most out of everybody. Denny Carter says he's taken him in, in every draft too. So get him while, yeah. you, while you can, because he's another guy we're probably going to steam. Okay. The next guy I want to like, I want to be in on JV and Hawkins. The problem yeah. is, well, I mean, and the, the, the arguments are clear, right? So uh, a very non-entrenched starter ahead of him. We've got like four games of Mike Davis being good in his career. And then you know, like <laughs> six years of him being disappointing outside of that. But Hawkins is 5'9", 196. You know, clearly not a, a every down roll guy. Uh, noted noted uh, friend of the show, Brian Hill, is now on the, the Tennessee Titans roster. Oh, does that, um, does that take off any of the the Darrington Evans shine for you? No, he's not going to make the team. He's, he's really not very good. Uh, I'll do respect. I'll do respect. Mr. <laughs> Jeez, <Hill>. man. I thought <laughs> he'd earned more not. goodwill than that. He's gotten so many, he's gotten what he's, he's gotten four different starts and literally got benched for, um, Oh, who's Edo who Edo Smith. There we go. Who also, by the way, not on the roster anymore. Um, yeah. just, just gone. So their, their depth chart behind Mike Davis is Quadre Olison who is, I think he's on his fourth year in the NFL. Like he's just a fullback. Like he just, he's not going to be a guy who plays Tony Brooks, James, who is uh, like a punt returner guy. He played for the Steelers some when James Conner was injured. He also is in nothing. And then it's JV and Hawkins. And then very sneakily, they also have this guy, Caleb Huntley on the roster, who also was an undrafted free agent and was very productive at ball state caught 19 passes his entire time in college over four years. So it's like, I don't know. There clearly is a role there for Hawkins, but I, he's a five, nine, 195 pound undrafted free agent running back. So it's like, what do you do with that? I, I don't know. You also didn't mention Cordell Patterson. Oh my gosh. You're right, dude. And, and to be honest, that's like the fly in the ointment that, that yeah. cause, cause he was just a running back for the bears last year. Like he played, yeah. He played just as many snaps at running back as he did at wide receiver. Which is the way it should be. I mean, he's awesome with the ball in his hands, and he's actually big enough to play running back. And he's a good, he's like a better blocker than you think, too. Like, he's he's fine on, on passing down blocking or whatever. Yeah. And obviously, he's going to be active on game days because he's like the best kick returner in the league. The so, all time? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's actually true. Go go look it up right now. Go look who leads the, the entire NFL ever in kick re- in yards per kick returns. Cordero Patterson. 
I remember like not I'm not a film guy, but I remember him coming into the league. I was just like, oh my God, like this guy's incredible at the ball he's, in his hands. And ridiculous. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> but he just couldn't play wide receiver. If if Patterson had been drafted as a running back, which I guess Adrian Peterson was still on the Vikings when it happened, but like if his if the if his coaches would have realized early on, like, oh, this guy's just a running back. We're talking about like a ridiculous career for him. I guess the pro- he's a little bit tall for he's, running he's back. He's a little though. too tall, yeah. Yeah, so he probably he's Latavius got- Murray size. Like he could be. Although he's not maybe as I heavy should as be Murray. maybe I should be taking Patterson in some of these drafts with like my 18th round pick. Honestly, I think Patterson might be the play. Not. I think not you're Hawkins. right. I think a little bit of Hawkins, a little bit of Patterson. What did they? What did they? What did they pay Patterson? Uh, I'm know. gonna look but it up I, right now. They're not cutting him because of the kick return and stuff. He got he got three million dollars guaranteed with a seventeen hundred dollar signing bonus. So that is he's that elite, is dude. He's he's that an is, elite I, kick return. I mean, that's not like a veteran minimum deal. Like one year, <laughs> yeah. like that's that's basically what uh like that's like what Adrian Peterson has been signing with these teams for the last four years. Is like what is like one year four million dollar deals. Yep. Jesus. I did not think we were going to be talking about Corderell Patterson on this show, but I, I, com- I like completely forgot he was even on the team. Yeah. People haven't really been talking about him, but I think he's, he's kind of interesting. I, I would take Hawkins as well, partly because you're not really banking this late on someone like becoming a lead back. You just need them yeah. to kind of push into a committee Couple spike weeks. Yeah. And he's a guy, he's like an undersized guy who is uh, one of the, these backfield dominators, the, the Blair Andrews, backfield dominator rating where you just look at like the percentage of touches that a guy had in his on his college team and this is identified guys like philip Lindsay. um it was one of the reasons why you know benjamin was a popular flyer last year um so it's like these undersized guys obviously probably not going to translate to the pros where they're dominating all the touches but it still indicates um some skill that's probably being overlooked by the nfl and some of the tape guys really like him too we need we need tevin coleman's fud because I, I refuse to allow Tevin Coleman to end up being like a 12th round pick by August. Like, seriously, are we doing this again? Like again with Tevin talk, Coleman? Talk to Leone, man. He's, oh, he's I just, I cannot with him. him. He's going to be the starting running back week one, dude. It's like, were you taking Frank Gore? Were you taking Frank Gore in these drafts? <laughs> because Tevin Coleman, I, I, I mean, he just, Tevin, Tevin Coleman is Frank Gore. <laughs> There you go. Oh, that is, that is a, uh, that's both rude to Frank Gore and Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I mean, Tevin Coleman is a Hall of Famer. Tevin Coleman has not been good in a long time. Tevin yeah. Coleman, Tevin Coleman, played in eight games last year. Okay, he was active for eight games, twenty-eight rushes, fifty-three yards. That's it. That's all he did in eight games last year. And we're talking about we're talking about this guy. It's like, what is the point? What are you trying to accomplish in making this selection? Like if, if he, if he falls into the end zone once in week one, is like that it, is that what you took him for? I feel like, I feel like I'm being scolded. No, like I'm, I'm, so, I'm so mad because, because <laughs> like Leone will be like, but he's going to be the starting running back. And I'm like, I don't, I do not care. He's going to be, he's going to be on the bench for LaMichael P Ryan by week three. No, though. That's the thing. LaMichael P, P. Ryan, Ryan is P. Ryan's bad. Yeah. He's bad. And they have no interest in him. They're like, he doesn't fit our scheme. He's running with the twos. I think the guy might be Ty Johnson. If you're, if you're out on Coleman, he's explosive, I dude. Understand. Ty Johnson is yeah. explosive. Ty Johnson is explosive. He's another one of these guys who's not going to catch passes. He's kind of a Kenyon Drake type where like, no, Ty Johnson, Ty Johnson does catch passes. Well, he didn't after I spent all my fab on him in Detroit. So that's no, uh, no. That's so that is, that's from. what everyone, so that's what everyone remembers about him. But Ty Johnson caught a bunch of passes. Um, he had, he had a, he had the six reception game in the win against the Rams. Um, he, he was, he was playing on passing downs. Um, for, for right. a while there apologies to ty johnson well uh, every but, i mean that's even more reason to take him he's not good like but he's i guess he's better than p ryan and then like they're gonna play this michael carter dude they're gonna play the michael carter yeah they're, they're definitely playing michael carter but he is gonna be expensive he's gonna be like yeah it's gonna he's gonna be sixth seventh round by the time we get to september man I'm telling you he's already 82nd yeah 83 over um in in ffpc adp right now yeah, I just don't think the way to leverage that situation is by taking Tevin Coleman because to me that's that's just not the so, way I play the game. I actually think when you get into these late round 
Yeah, you're, uh, you're going to tell me, like, just he's going to just take Tevin Coleman. I'm saying take Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson because they're both free. This is a team that's probably going to rotate their running backs a decent amount. One of Coleman and Johnson is going to have probably pretty significant value for that level of, of selection. And in a running in a zero running back type of build, that guy getting like four or five weeks of usable value is, is pretty important. And if this operates anything like the San Francisco backfield, we'll know when to start them. That's why the yeah, San Francisco backs have been so great. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Gio, Giovanni Bernard, no interest. Got a couple questions about him. Literally, literally zero interest. Uh, James White. You don't think he could be a, a James White type? No, because they got they have they'll just play Lenny on third downs, regardless of whether or not we think he's good at it. They're they're gonna play Lenny as the primary. I don't think third so. Down. I think I think Gio's gonna be the primary third down guy. I think this goes back to what they were in 2019, where it was Rojo and Peyton Barber on early yeah, downs. Wow, and they just I playing forgot the about crap Peyton out Barber. of Dare Gumbawale yeah. on third downs. I think Gio's Dare, Barber's Fournette, Rojo's Rojo. I don't know. I just, I can't. And they still have Keyshawn Vaughn in the roster and I don't think they're going to cut him. And if there is a role there at all for Vaughn, it's going to be inactive. Vaughn will be inactive. Shit, probably. I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't can't get there with Gio. Maybe I should. I don't know. I I think he's okay. I I don't think he's like a must have, but he's definitely, he's going to provide you some usable weeks, I think. And, And in best ball, especially where you just slot in those, those high reception weeks, which he will have. I think it works. What about what about uh, Daryl versus McKinnon? I, I'm team Daryl. I don't I don't like guys with dead legs. Yeah, I'm I'm team Daryl too. Leone is in on McKinnon, but I think Leone developed a stance before he read the injury reports from last year <laughs> or remembered them to remember that McKinnon was getting rested with dead legs. <laughs> Do you remember? It was I think they were playing the Jets, and uh, he was supposed was to like- start. He was supposed to start, and they just like played Jeff Wilson instead. No, cause... not even Jeff Wilson. The other guy, Jamichael oh, Hasty. Oh, you're right. It was Hasty. Yeah, that was so bad. Like yeah, he, and they were he just like, oh, his legs are he dead. He couldn't so get out there. He couldn't get out there to play, so they played Jamichael Hasty instead. Who probably won't make the team now. Not Maybe. not even close. He's like yeah. their seventh running back now. Yeah. I mean the 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 people who are drafting Trey Sermon at this price. They are going to be so disappointed. I mean, I love I love all you guys. I love everyone listening to the show, but you are going to be so disappointed paying this price for Trey Sermon. <laughs> this is the 49ers running back depth chart. Mostert and Sermon, right? Then Jeff Wilson Jr. has this injury, yep. but he's going to be back. He's not he's not out forever. He he will be back. I promise you, it's going to be so annoying. You're not going to have heard Jeff Wilson's name in five months. Week four, he's going to show up and, and he's going to be active and he's going to get a goal line carry and you're going to be losing your mind. Yeah. Then I'm excited to put in my week four waiver claims already for Jeff Wilson. Then noted professional Wayne Gallman, completely useless player, going to make the roster. Going to make Lock the roster up. and going to play some in those weeks when Jeff Wilson is out. He's going to be he's going to be the thorn in the side. Then we have Elijah Mitchell, who, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like go too far, but like he's a, he's an interesting prospect. Week like, fifteen, I, I like... two injuries to the backfield. Elijah yep. Mitchell's going to score like two touchdowns on like sixteen carries. Yeah, and then then you need to factor in the huge difference between the Jimmy Garoppolo offense and the Trey Lance offense, where you're going to lose a bunch of that goal line equity that you wanted in Trey Sermon because right. Trey Lance is. <laughs> I mean, he's, he is 240 pounds. He's a giant man. Like there are, if you, there's not a ton of college film on him, but if you, if you watch some of his college film, he's got this one first down where he's in this pocket that's breaking down and he starts to get tackled about five yards before the first down marker. And he just drags, he's just dragging a defender through the first down line gets, gets five more yards with the linebacker, like hanging onto him. It's unbelievable. Like he's going to be insane. He's going to be so good. So I just, I can't, I can't do this with the Trey Sermon. Not for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a committee backfield. It's, it's an offense we want pieces of, but you just don't want the most expensive guy. Like if, if Mostert was going more expensive and, and Sermon was cheaper, I'd be into it. I hope it seems like both of them are a little too expensive right now. I actually want the Trey yeah, Sermon I thought, to get I like thought, more juice and then we can take Mostert. 
so I thought Sermon was going to get up to the ETN range, and then we were mm-hmm. going to see Mostert get down into like that David Johnson range, and then I was just going to be scooping up Mostert. But that kind of like kind of like how James Robinson is not as cheap as he should be. Like it's just I would love to take James Robinson, but it's like I don't get James Robinson's ADP at all. It's very it's very bizarre. All right, yeah, I don't anyone, get it either. Okay, this is actually a wild one. If the market had any certainty who was ahead between Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly, that guy would be like an eighth round pick. That's a good point. Because Kalen Balaj, noted, noted like complete failure. Kalen Balaj was <laughs> one of the best ads in fantasy in the back half of last season, splitting time with Austin Eckler. So look, look, for people who don't remember, Kalen Balaj scored two touchdowns and had 15, 18, and 16 rushes in consecutive games. Like, and he's Kalen Balazs. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, Kalen Balazs is on the Steelers, and I don't know, maybe he might be better than Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels and stuff. Uh, I mean, what about, Mc, what about uh, McFarland? What about him? We took him on our uh, our uh, <laughs> sure shift taking team last year. <laughs> well, you know, one of the reasons to limit the cost on these guys is that you're going to be wrong a lot. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I agree. I think Justin Jackson. Um, Justin Jackson is probably the way to play it. I just Kelly just didn't show much at all last. Well, year. he that was the weird thing was he started playing over when Jackson was injured to begin the year, but they were using him a lot at the beginning of the year, like in a weird way, like in a a way faster way than we expected. He was playing, let's see, I want to get the, I want to get the numbers right. So to to start the year, he played 52% of the snaps in week two against Kansas city played 57% of the snaps against Tampa Bay, 47% of the snaps against Jacksonville, 54% against uh, the Raiders. And then we never heard from him again. He was like benched after that because I think he fumbled, right? Is that is that yep. what happened? Yeah, I think he fumbled and he was just, he was not running well. I think he failed to convert some short yardage stuff. Lynn just gave up on him. Yeah, he scored a touchdown in week one though. And I remember it was like a good touchdown. Like he he like, you know, threw some dude on the ground or whatever and scored. Uh, I just remember it. Like people were excited about Josh Kelly after week one. Yep. While we're down here uh, in the the real deep section, what about Devontae Booker? He's, okay. Uh, I mean, honestly, hand to God right now, it like it took me a second to even remember what team he was on. He's on the he's on the Giants. Yes. And I guess I guess that is interesting because they there was just this report today that they don't know when Saquon is going to be back for sure. Now, Saquon is like an alien, and I'm sure he's going to be ready for week one. But what if he's not? Um, the other options are Elijah Penny. And then so this is so weird. Dude, I like thought Reichwell Armstead was gonna die of COVID. He he was on the COVID IR all year yeah. last year and he was hospitalized with the coronavirus. Like oh, didn't we didn't hear wow. yeah, he was he was like very, very sick. So I, I they just have nothing behind Saquon. So I mean, this is amazing. They have a running back on their roster whose whose name is apparently Sandro Platzgummer. What amazing name! I'm looking at their depth chart right now. Sandro, let's. I want to find out. Don't even know where this. He's from Australia. No way. Is he one of these rugby guys who tries to? He's got to be. He's got to be right. Yeah. Did we just find? Did we just find the true zero RB candidate? We found the zero running back story of 2021. Okay. June. Uh. He spent the last year with NFL's International Player Pathway Program. He's six foot tall, 198 pounds. Um, and he won two European championships with, oh, Austria, not um, not Australia. <laughs> this is straight out of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I mean, amazing. <laughs> imagine imagine not owning Sandro Platzgummer in your best ball dynasty leagues. Well, what's his uh, 40 time? I, I can't believe I you didn't... Okay. Okay, Sandro Platzgummer, 40 time. 4.5 and a 39 vertical. Okay. It's not bad. Amazing. An Austrian football player. All right. Throw him in in the last round. Yeah, we got to do yeah. some of these 28-round best ball drafts so we can get our Platzgummer <laughs> shares. 
<laughs> I mean, look, I just, I don't have any confidence in Devonte Booker. He he's just, but you, you are right. He is a clear handcuff to, uh, I mean, theoretically the giants offense should be good. I don't know if they will be or not, but theoretically they should be. Yeah. I think their O-line's pretty rough, which, you know, could present problems, but the thing with Saquon, like I, I'm rooting for Saquon to come back, but there was, you know, come back just strong as ever. There was additional damage to his knee. And the thing you don't know with these ACL tears is, was their cartilage uh, sheared off the knee? That's like the big thing. And that's, you know, that clearly happened with Todd Gurley. That's why he got, he was like bone on bone three years after the injury or whatever. Jay Ajayi had this, like once you start to have that, you just, you're not going to be able to be the same level of athlete. So I don't know. It's just like, I get a little nervous when it's like, well, it was more serious ACL than, you know, just the typical normal one. And we're going to probably remember take it easy that, on him. Like that scares me. And he had that really bad high ankle sprain that he came yeah. back from in a month in uh, 2019. But he also was not as effective in 2019. Like he was still good, obviously. I mean, he's a phenomenal player, but he's like, phenomenal, he, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think the Giants are going to suck. I think that the two teams that the market is, I think the Giants are the, the team that the market is, is way too optimistic about. Like they, they're, I think they're second favorites to win the division or maybe that's wrong. I don't know. I just think the Giants are going to be bad. Like, I don't think Daniel Jones is any good. I don't think he's very good. And it's kind of like, like I'm looking at, um, I, I read the profile of the Denver Broncos roster and like, you know, it's like top to bottom. It's pretty, pretty good roster. And then, you know, it's like, but quarterback, we don't have a quarterback. So hopefully we'll figure out quarterback and make the playoffs. It's like, well, that's probably not what's going to happen because if you don't have quarterback figured out and in the Giants case, if you don't have offensive line figured out, it can get ugly. It doesn't really matter how, how good everything else is. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's about it. I mean, they're like, maybe, maybe Larry Roundtree is the chargers running back. Uh, he's a, he's a, I think a six round pick from Mizzou maybe Carlos Hyde maybe Carlos Hyde ends up playing more than anyone anticipates because he's like a cockroach and he always you plays could definitely more. see that happening but it's tough to see him getting enough usage just because like James Robinson is good James Robinson is definitely good he's better than Carlos Hyde so Hyde strikes me as more of a thorn in his side and then ETN I think is going to end up being really good so Hyde is I don't know Hyde will probably end up having like 400 yards and It'll suck, but yeah. Well, what can you do? Anyone else? Anyone else who needs to be on this list? No one else uh, jumping out to me. Um, I mean, I guess uh, Salvin Ahmed we didn't talk about. Oh uh, yeah, I I, I really like cheap. him. Yeah, I I really like Savon Ahmed because I I think he probably is just the the handcuff to Gaskin. Yeah. And I think, you know, the nice thing about those guys, both Ahmed and Brown, even though Brown, I don't think is really that, that much of a player, but they've seemed to use one guy like extensively when right. like whichever week that is. So it's another like startable situation where if Gaskin just isn't playing well and they go with Ahmed for the next week, I'm starting Ahmed. I think they'll give him like a, a starters level workload if he's the starter. Cause that's, been the way they've done things and if, if Gaskin gets hurt for a couple games Ahmed would be an awesome start during that stretch he looked really good last year I, I was impressed by him yeah oh and then the other guys that uh, are are these guys are not even being drafted but the Bengals handcuff running backs um Samaj Pirine Travion Williams Puka Williams Chris Evans I mean if they if there is and then the reason why none of these guys are being drafted is because we just have no clue we, we don't have any idea who the second guy is there uh, Eric Bimefour had this thread the other day about how one of the guys he's planting, I mean, how much can you plant your flag on an 18th round guy, but he's taking a lot of Pirine just thinking yeah. that he is the, the second guy there. I mean, and this is a situation where as soon as it becomes clear that there's a second running back there, whoever it might be, that guy is going to immediately start going in the 14th round. Um, and I'm really glad you mentioned Pirine because that I should have mentioned him. He's one, he's a guy I've been thinking about a lot where, I think in these backfields where it's ambiguous as to who the number two guy is going to be, the established veteran is like almost always the right way to go. 
Uh, and it's not going to be the intriguing pass catching rookie and Chris Evans. And it's not going to be the guy Trevion Williams. who we've been hoping will turn, would turn into something for years. It's going to be the guy that we really don't want it to be. And who just does everything kind of okay, you know, and I think P Ryan could have kind of a Jamal Williams, like 2019 type of thing where it's like, no one wanted to draft him in Jamal Williams felt really gross, but he was clearly going to be the number two guy there. And he turned into one of the few really late running back hits that year. Uh, so I'm into P Ryan. I think he's, he's a good pick. He's a better pick than Devonte Booker, but it's, but a similar idea. Yeah. Let's is, I mean, is anyone else here worth, I I've taken Kylan Hill in some of the drafters ones. Cause those ones are 20 rounds. So you basically, you have two extra picks basically just like maybe AJ Dillon truly cannot catch passes and he just is the backup to Aaron Jones. And they, I mean, what they were playing, Tyler Irvin, the the old Houston Texans mm-hmm. special team. I mean, he wasn't getting any touches. It's so weird. Tyler Irvin was like the most empty calories guy ever. He was playing like 40% of the snaps for them. And he got like 12 touches for the entire year. But I, I think I think there's, you know, a 2% probability that Kylan Hill ends up being fantasy viable at some point this year. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I don't think he's worth drafting, but do you think Duke Johnson signs anywhere interesting? I mean, where do you, where is there an opening for a coach to bench him for a worse running back? Cause that's, that's really Atlanta. what you got to look for. Yeah. I mean, if he signs in Atlanta, you know, he's immediately 13th round, like immediate, like overnight. Yeah. And Atlanta's so thin that they're like Davis, like has like tweaks his groin, like the, you know, the first day of training camp and they're signing someone like they're... what about, what about the Patriots? Yeah. The Patriots, you'd have to take it seriously uh maybe the maybe the giants we just talked about how bare bones their backfield is um i i could see i could see that one the chargers the chargers they they need another one um the titans chargers would be interesting because maybe he'd actually get some early down work right the first time yeah yeah i mean wherever he wherever he signs it's gonna it's not gonna be as what we thought like it's not the, the 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 duke johnson is like the the worst case scenario for how Tony Pollard's career plays out basically. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Um, or the worst case scenario for how Michael Carter's career plays out. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a, a good first. I don't know why at... I ended on that sad note. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, I, Michael Carter, I'm priced I like out. Michael I Carter. Fine. Yeah. I can't, I can't take him though. I, I mean, I've been priced out of the Michael Carter market. You're right. That's why I did it. I, I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Cause I was priced out in rookie drafts and now I'm priced out in redrafts. So. Yeah. Nothing against Michael well, Carter as a player. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. NBC Sports Edge. What do we have? What do we have to be looking out for? Yeah. So I did my debut on a good football show on Monday. Uh, so you can listen to that and uh, kind of getting up to speed. Rota Pat's going to train me on doing the blurbs. So uh, going to be going to be in those blurb streets soon and uh, working on a couple articles. I have some research on uh, rookie uh, win rates, rookie, rookie wide receiver win rates in best ball leagues and uh rookie wide receivers have been pretty good picks over the last four years so has anyone heard about this is anyone talking about this about rookie wide receivers anyone has anyone heard this (laughs) yeah i did do a whole ship chasing thing on it but (laughs) but anyway i'm gonna be writing that up and uh i don't know i was also kind of kicking around some ideas of like i have some like basically running back philosophy ideas of of people just like it just confounds me why people are drafting the type of running backs they are early in drafts that don't have any hey, path people to still buy upside. government bonds man yeah but it's like if you want government bonds it's the wide receivers if you just want safe points go with go with the wide receivers and they actually even have upside to go along yeah but julio play. jones got me four points one week and therefore uh, yeah, never that's again true. Yeah, yeah i'm over it i'm over julio yeah, yeah. uh that's actually i i, I want to discuss this because we haven't we haven't talked about this i i did not adjust AJ Brown's projection at all. I left him with like 28% of the team's targets. I don't, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. And I I think that it just completely put a nail in the coffin of the Reynolds and the Fitzpatrick's and they're going to throw passes to three dudes and that's it. I do think it hurts AJ Brown though. If you're just looking at like ranking, like when do you take Ridley over him now? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did take Ridley over him this morning. Yeah. So 
I agree. In the terms of like projections, this is one of those like projections versus rankings debates where in projections, the Titans offense is not going to suck now. Like they're going yeah. to have two of the best wide receivers in the league. I, I Julio played awesome last year when healthy. I think he's not fallen off. They're going to be a really, really strong offense. And that's great for a wide receiver in that offense. Uh, you know, there were chances that they were going to be able to limit his efficiency, limit Brown's efficiency, if Reynolds and Desert Patrick and stuff were just terrible. So with the projections, you know, kind of those middle scenarios, like the his like 20 to 40th percentile range of, of outcomes is now better. But the top stuff, you know, the top 5% is, is way less exciting because he's not going to have the Devontae Adams type of season now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. There we go, man. Everyone read, read Pat's stuff, listen to a good football show. And, uh, I will be back with, uh, with more shows soon.